0: This is Plant-Based Briefing, Getting Cats Vegan is Possible and Imperative, Part 1 by Kartik Shaker at aftermeatbook.com. And I'm Marian Erickson, and this is the Curated Content Plant-Based Podcast, where I narrate a variety of articles, with permission, on the myriad of reasons to live a vegan lifestyle, usually in about 10 minutes or less every weekday, but today's article is a bit longer than that so I'm splitting it into two parts, I'll read Part 1 today and Part 2 tomorrow. It's by Kartik Shaker at aftermeatbook.com. Kartik is a trained scientist and engineer. He's currently working on the front lines of the alternative food industry in the San Francisco Bay Area. And he's written a book called After Meat, the case for an amazing meat-free world. It explores technological reasons for moving away from animal products since they're outdated, wasteful, and lousy technology and says we can do much better with alternative technologies such as microbial fermentation, and the future of food will be tastier, healthier, cheaper, kinder, better for the environment, all these wonderful things. It's a really inspirational book, and 100% of all proceeds from the book are donated to animal-related charities. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Getting Cats Vegan is Possible and Imperative, Part 1, by Kartik Shaker at aftermeatbook.com Summary Carnivore is a classification, not a diet requirement. The amount of meat that a cat eats is significant. Transitioning domestic cats to eating vegan would do much good for the environment and animal welfare. Having vegan cats now is not convenient, but we, humanity, should make that so. We do not need to wait around for cultivated meat. There are tractable opportunities now. We also need randomized control trials with measured health outcomes. Funding is the main limitation here. And, making domestic cats vegan meets all of the effective altruism criteria—significant, tractable, and neglected. Imagine you are a surveyor traveling to remote parts of the world. Within a thick rainforest, you come across an indigenous group long separated from the modern world. They fashion spears to hunt fish and thicket baskets to collect foraged berries— Notably, they wear distinctive yellow loincloths dyed with local fruit. You are not one with words, so you call them the yellow clothia. This is not a far-fetched story. Most species worldwide are classified similarly. Someone observes them and then contrives a classification named on what they see. Carnivora was coined in 1821 to describe an order of animals by the observation that they consumed the meat of other animals. Carnam is Latin for to eat flesh. Let us go back to the yellow clothia. You can already intuit that these natives do not have to wear the yellow loincloths, it is simply what you initially observed. If the natives swapped the dye with purple or green, that would work out fine. However, the rainforest lacks those colors, so yellow clothia is resigned to their monotone. In other words, wearing yellow cloth is not a requirement for them to live, just what works for them and is available. 1821, the year of carnivorous naming, is ages ago in the scientific world. It was before the theory of evolution, first described in The Origin of Species in 1859. It was before the molecular biology revolution. It was before we understood the basis of metabolism and nutrition. So it is easy to confuse classification or observation with the requirement. It is the same fallacy as assuming that the yellow clothia people can only wear yellow clothing. Since 1821, we learned more about nutrition, molecular biology, and metabolism to demystify meat. Meat is mostly muscle fibers, with some marbled fat and critical nutrients. Carnivora animals generally have more acidic stomachs and shorter gastrointestinal, or GI tracts, than normal herbivores. The extra acid helps chop proteins into the alphabet amino acid molecules, which are readily taken up, so a long GI tract is unnecessary. So, carnivora animals cannot have salads or raw vegetables which are rich in fiber and would not break down in their GI tracts in time. Nevertheless, we can make protein-rich and highly digestible foods for carnivora, starting from plant and microbial ingredients. Just as a cow will chemically process the plants into their muscle, flesh, we can similarly turn the plants into food that a carnivore would thrive off without an animal intermediary. In other words, we can source all the required nutrients from elsewhere, without meat. Quote, There is, at least in history, no reason why diets comprised entirely of plants, minerals, and synthetically based ingredients, i.e. vegan diets, cannot meet the necessary palatability, bioavailability, and nutritional requirements of cats. Unquote. Andrew Knight, Director, Center for Animal Welfare, University of Winchester. I have written about how succeeding meat, dairy, and eggs with plant and microbial-based alternatives will be one of the best things we ever do. I argue that it is better than curing cancer or transitioning fully to renewable energy. Provided that we continue to innovate, we will complete this transition, and we should not just replace the meat that humans eat, we should replace the meat that cats eat, too. Making cats vegan has been contentious, even among vegans. I've read highly upvoted comments on popular vegan forums. Conceding that cats are carnivores, so we should continue feeding them meat and just advocate veganism to people. This notion is fallacious and relies on a chain of appeals to authority without an eventual biochemical basis. We can render meat unnecessary for cats, and we should absolutely strive toward this reality for all domestic cats. Cats eat a sizable amount of meat, and replacing the quantity is significant. I estimate that we feed domestic cats about 3 billion kilograms of meat per year in the United States. This quantity is about the same amount of meat as the entire population of Canada consumes. Replacing even a fraction of meat consumption has a sizable impact. A study last year estimated that replacing a mere 20% of beef with microbial protein would have the rate of deforestation. Therefore, replacing a significant fraction of the meat that cats consume would help prevent trees from being cut down. Moreover, getting cats to eat 20% less meat in terms of chicken in the United States would save nearly half a billion chickens a year from a brutal livelihood and slaughter. Cat food is also linked to human meat consumption. Cat food tends to be the awful of the animal agriculture industry. Producers repurpose meat unfit for humans into cat food. As the Clean Pet Food Revolution highlights linked here, pet food is a vital income stream for the meat industry. Without it, meat prices would go up, because margins in the animal agriculture industry are thin. In other words, the less meat that cats eat, the less that humans do too. In the United States, convenient retail options for vegan cat food are hard to come by. Ami, Evolution, and Benevo are the principal nutritionally complete brands for vegan cats, but all three are not exactly available in your local petco. Ami is persistently out of stock. Ami and Benevo are quite expensive. Benevo sells for about $16 per pound on Amazon, roughly four times more than Merrick, a mid tier meat based brand. Vegan cat owners also have more work to do. When a cat is transitioned to a vegan diet, their urine must be monitored for changes in pH. Meat based foods tend to be more acidic than vegan foods, which cats are not adapted to. When a cat's urine is too alkaline, they are prone to forming mineral crystals in their urine. Which are painful to eliminate. Owners must acidify their cats' food as needed. Edit, researcher Andrew Knight, brought to my attention that this is not shown to be an increased risk with vegan food fed to cats. Please see details linked here. Nonetheless, studies have supported rearing cats on a vegan diet healthfully, and we likely have capabilities now to make this more seamless. The solution here is not to wait for cultivated meat, likely still decades away. Or even sophisticated alternatives like Impossible Burger. At this point, we need the tofu and soy milk. Instead, we should get more approved ingredients for cats that enable more formulations. One limitation for approved ingredients in the United States has been testing at the Association of American Feed Control Officials, AFCO. This nonprofit organization serves as a surrogate to the Food and Drug Administration for the guidance of pet food. AFCO regulates pet food in two key manners – one, they approve ingredients for retail pet food, and two, set standards for nutritionally complete cat food in terms of macronutrient composition – for example, the minimum amount of protein and vitamins. More approved ingredients would mean more possible healthy formulations for vegan cat food. AFCO approval can be laborious and drawn out per discussion with employees at vegan pet food companies. That means novel plant or microbial-based ingredients that enable better vegan cat food can take a long time to come to market. Vegan cat food companies are left to concoct recipes with limited ingredients. It is as if you are a chef with only a few ingredients in your kitchen, and you're tasked with making meals with exacting nutritional requirements. You can do it, but your job would be much easier if you had access to protein-rich koji. If you had more ingredients at your disposal, you could make something more affordable, tastier, and less sensitive to supply chain issues. You just listened to Getting Cats Vegan is Possible and Imperative, Part 1, by Kartik Shaker at AfterMeatBook.com, and I'm your host, Marianne Erickson. Tune in tomorrow for the second half of this article, where Kartik discusses opportunities to help realize the vegan cat world sooner, and responds to common concerns. And I love and I think it's important to note that as scientists keep looking into this, new information keeps coming out. So I like how Kartik put an edit in the article when researcher and veterinarian Dr. Andrew Knight brought it to his attention that monitoring the pH for vegan cat food is not an issue in particular. The risk is the same with traditional meat-based cat foods. And anecdotally, I used to have a cat on regular cat food And he had terrible crystals from his meat-based cat food. So yes, it's interesting to note that science has confirmed that this can happen whether your cat is eating meat-based or vegan-based cat foods. And please share this episode with anyone who might benefit, and thanks for listening.